Talking Wellness podcast. I'm Sophie Bertrand, registered associate nutritionist. And I'm Barry Strickoff, registered dietitian. And we're here with Kira Clark from Bet in the City. Hello. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm uh, Kira. I'm a vet, 10 years this year actually. And um, I'm also in house vet here at Butternut Box. We're at Butternut HQ today, yeah. where um, the girls have uh, joined us and Oscar, the <laughs> amazing Frenchie. And uh, yeah, we have a bunch of other dogs in with us today, which makes a really, really fun place to work. Yeah, yeah. Oscar's sat on my lap now. We had your new puppy, which we're going to ask you about, but we had to finally separate them a bit. I mean, I'm sure. Going crazy. Yeah, you might even be able to hear Oscar counting. <laughs> they were having too much fun. Too, <laughs> too much, much fun, fun yeah. yeah. For a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Okay, so why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and, you know, what you do and how you got into that almost like vet nutrition, I guess, is what you do here. So, um, as I said, I'm, I'm a vet for, for 10 years. Um, I qualified in Pretoria in South Africa, which was a little bit of a detour route. I did my primary honours degree in microbiology from oh, wow. um, Dublin, from UCD. Uh, so when it comes to gut health and uh, yeah. the microbiome, mm. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Um, you're in the right place and you can't yeah and you kind of know what you're talking about as well if um, you studied it I, I hope so um, now everyone here particularly laughs at me because I'm the poo person um, and <laughs> no. if there's something to do with poo I mean I'm just going to presume that no one here is sensitive um, yeah. oh, okay no. brand anything goes um, but I think yes. as a dog mom like all of us we have to check oh my god you do i'm like yeah people make fun of me like when he go when bear goes i'm like ash check his poo yeah (laughs) absolutely like it is such an integral part of what goes in and what comes out and is a um a telltale sign of their their health yeah and of course we have such a close relationship with their poop because we're picking it up all the time so i see i'm i don't even need to like convince people here we're all on the same page (laughs) as dog mums yeah so obviously sophie and i both have dogs and we're a bit like obsessed with our dogs and like as nutritionists and dietitians we often do get questions about what we Ah, how interesting. Mm. Okay. So do you want to tell everyone a bit... Sorry, I interrupted your story before. I don't know. <laughs> how you got to where you are. Um, do you want to tell everyone like, what Butternut Box is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Butternut Box is a dog food. Um, we're not doing cats just yet, but watch this space. Mm. Um, it is freshly cooked, which means that it's different from mm. tinned food or the dry, dry, dry kibble um, or raw food in that it is cooked. Um, it's very gently cooked in over a, um, a short period of time, so that means that it retains a lot more nutrients than um, other types of processes. Mm-hmm. Um, the really nice thing about butternut food is that they use human-grade ingredients. Um, so everything from start to finish, so from the um, animal or from the vegetable, wonky vegetables as well, um, right through to what goes in your dog's bowl is completely human edible as well. And That's crazy. We, we taste test all the time here. Oh, wow. Um, it, it's fine. If you put a little bit of salt and pepper, maybe throw a little bit of spuds on top, you just have a shepherd's pie. That is so funny. Actually, Oscar was on Butternut Box um, over the summer before we moved to ah. London, um, and he loved it. Yes. It I'm, was like real food. Well, that's kind of it. It's, yeah. it's you know, human edible grade ingredients um, that we're feeding our dogs. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm, I'm not the lead nutritionist here. I'm the in-house vet. Um, I have a real 
um, interest in dog nutrition, yeah. uh, but I'm a, a general practice, a, a GP vet. We have an incredibly, incredibly um, smart nutrition team uh, behind us, uh, one of which is a European diplomat board certified nutritionist, which is kind of as high the as you can go. Brand, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a genius, a bit of a legend. <laughs> I, I do love Prof. Um, yeah, so I am very lucky to work here and learn more about food and just watch dogs change how, how their health can improve mm. from eating a more wholesome diet. Yeah. Um, Do you have yeah. any examples of like um, dogs that have come through with maybe some like health issues and then through kind of the buttered-up food have like improved in any way? So certainly dogs with um, sensitive tummies um, or pancreatitis... Um, for the um, listeners that don't know what pancreatitis is, it's yeah. like a big scary word. Um, it's when the pancreas, the, the organ that sits beside uh, the, the stomach and helps digest fats and things like that, when it becomes inflamed. And quite often there are certain breeds of dogs or certain instances that happen in a dog's life where they develop this really, really painful condition yeah. and they need a really highly digestible or low-fat diet. Um, to maintain them and to yeah. Keep, so my family dog George, oh, he's no. a Tibetan Terrier, yeah. and he's actually ten now. He's eleven in Is March. He? Yeah, he's so old, um, but he still plays like a six-year-old, yeah. and he's yeah, he's really healthy. But he, he suffers with pancreatitis. Does he really? Yeah. Um, and what have you found that works for him? So he's on a really low-fat, like you said, digestible diet. It's the soft food and tins that Is he, he has. Yes. Yeah. I remember we talked about this because when Oscar yeah. had, was unwell over this few summers ago they put him on id and it smells horrible yeah it's pretty gross when you're dishing it out but um i'd love to get your point of view in terms of how would button up box work as i I would certainly try a transition so um any dog that is unwell and whose condition is managed by a particular diet at the moment and there's no indication to change it Mm -hmm. well then you can just leave well enough alone um, however, if you wanted to try and see if he um, enjoyed and and was healthy yeah. um, eating something else, um, butternut box are all single source protein meals, which means that there's only one animal type um, yeah, in each meal. Like so packed with exactly, yeah. you know exactly mm-hmm. what's going in there. So there's only chicken in the chicken, there's only turkey in the turkey, um, and they are our low fat um, options. Yeah, there is fish on the way. Oh my god. Amazing. Really? Oh my god, yes. Bear loves the little fish treats. I feed him. Oh, yeah, I good. feed him fish treats. I actually feed him fish um, for his main meal, which is one of the reasons I don't do butternut bats ah. anymore. And sorry, I love them. I'm literally totally <laughs> endorsing them. Um, but Oscar has really bad skin allergies, and so we found that um, like salmon and omega 3s mm-hmm. and things right. like that, it really made Helps. a difference. Good. So, um, we went that route. Yeah, instead. perfect. Um, huge fan of um yeah marine fish oils um a, a good source of omega-3s or yeah. even just some yeah kelper um uh algae really good yeah yeah cool um so uh george yes <laughs> george i would slowly transition so over a period of two weeks introduce okay. a little bit of the low-fat options um, and see how he enjoys it. Because he still gets random flare-ups as well. 
does he yeah so and like sometimes it'll be really bad and he's like on an iv in a bed overnight and they're like there's no reason he hasn't eaten anything out of you know the ordinary but sometimes he just has a flare-up it um it's not uncommon in his breed either yeah it's Um, kind of good to know that it's it's not just george he's really unlucky (laughs) so um tibetans poodles uh miniature schnauzers Mm. miniature schnauzers in particular because they have a condition called hyperglycemia Mm. uh, or hypertriglycemia um where they are particularly prone, but yeah, Tibetans are just yeah. little sensitive souls. I know. Yeah. I think it is interesting that each breed kind of has like their notorious thing, especially because purebreds like you're just limiting the gene pool. So like Oscar's French bulldog, and they have like they're notorious for a whole host of um, health issues. We're quite lucky; his nose is incredible, his breathing is amazing. The mm-hmm. only thing that's wrong is he is just like a very itchy dog yeah. and we've gone through kind of some of the um, protocol to find out what it is but um, the vets have kind of just ascertained that it's environmental and that like nothing okay. that we can really remove mm, shame yeah. it, um, so as you said breeds do have a lot of their own problems and it's not due to a narrow gene pool you can have a very wide gene pool but a lot of the time dogs have been bred for a physical appearance rather than uh, diverse health um, yes so unfortunately Frenchies do I think suffer with a more range a more wide range of conditions than um, than some other breeds yeah, um, and looking at Oscar I can absolutely say that he does have a lovely long snout and no. looking into his nose I can see up there which um, <laughs> so sounds weird but actually it's, it's the same can't be said for many um, many yeah. fair level of Frenchies yeah. are um, the fancy word is brachycephalic which includes pugs and our English bulldogs. Mm. Um, yeah, do a lot of operations actually to correct. Really? Oh, it's like a, a whole lot. clinic, isn't there? Like oh devoted my God. towards like opening yeah. Frenchies passageways. So the the Royal Veterinary College opened up a BOA. So BOA stands for brachycephalic obstructive airway syndrome. Wow. And um, they opened an entire dedicated BOA clinic, um, because with the rise in popularity of these breeds. There were so many dogs that needed corrective surgery to, um, for for welfare reasons. Yeah, yeah, it's so sad actually. But the the good thing is, I can over the last twelve months in particular, I have noticed that Frenchies as a breed, they're becoming a little bit. Their confirmation in that the um, the structure of their face is changing, in that really? they're not being bred for the very very flat faced look, and the flat faced look is is very short yeah. muzzle, but also very large eyes as well, which has been known to be a little bit infant like, and that's why mm. people find them quite cute. Yeah. But with the knowledge that these very very flat faced dogs are very unhealthy, mm. slowly but surely we're getting bigger noses and yeah, more scared. proportional eyes and um, so people are listening and yeah. our, our dogs are benefiting thankfully yeah yeah oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I, know, I know because they're such wonderful little I characters know. oh my gosh bear is literally my best friend ever like i just love him so much and remind me is he a cockapoo or a cavapoo he's a cavapoo, cavapoo. he's a little Sweet. bit of a bigger cavapoo everyone okay. always says to me oh he's so big for a cavapoo and i'm like i think he's just like that genetically but you he's know what tall. yeah it, he's he's a crossbreed yeah so there is it's, no there's standard. no guarantee yeah, exactly. so he's 11 kilos and that's they should fine. be around 10 but i'm glad you said that <laughs> no but that's okay yeah. um like he could have had a big dad yeah or, exactly um, do you know if his dad was a toy or a miniature 
so his mum was actually the poodle. Ah, that's yeah, interesting. And his dad was the cavalier. Okay, right. So, yeah, well, his dad was the big fella. Yeah, there you there go. go. Fine. <laughs> when, um, when you were looking for a dog, what did you know you wanted a cavalier? Yeah, we've always wanted oh, a cavalier. Really? We actually found Bear on Gumtree at four months old, and he didn't have oh. a home. So that's oh. unusual. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's so cute. So I feel like we kind of rescued him, but he wasn't actually a rescue dog, if that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Um, but yeah, since getting him, we've had a bit of a terrible time with his stomach why um just always had an upset stomach anything that he ate that wasn't kind of in his diet you know dogs get hold of stuff all the time oh, yeah yeah um it would set a stomach off he then has suspected pancreatitis but then they ruled it out he's okay. had so many tests i can't tell you how much i spent on vet pills this year thank really? god we have insurance um insurance Please, yeah everyone. exactly yeah. Um, and we finally got him kind of settled on a food but then we took him back to the vet a few weeks ago because he had a bit of a flare up down in his lower region mm. um, his willy was a little bit inflamed okay. so we took him in and they were like we really don't know what it would be but it could be crystals in his uh, urine. urine okay um, we haven't managed to get a urine sample because I don't know if you've ever tried to get a urine sample from a dog it's an absolute nightmare that's what we you. have that's Ooh. what we have you, and it Honestly, every time you go up to him, he's like, what are you doing? Get away from me. He knows. Like, will he, we like on the lead or is it always off lead? Always off lead. He's Um, never gone for a wee whilst on the lead. So, yeah. So we're literally having to run after him with this thing. And he's like, I'm not having any of it. So the vet said a couple of weeks ago that we should maybe think about switching him to a urinary diet. Um, I wouldn't do that without a, a urinary okay. sample. That, that's I haven't done it yet because I'm like I'm not going to do something. It's so expensive. So, but there is an alternative. So when you said I have that, we're pointing to a little uh, <laughs> peepot collection um, tunnel funnel. Maybe we should um, link it on the show notes so people can see what it looks like. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you can't get a sample, then the alternative is doing a cystosynthesis, okay. which is a fancy word of saying directly taking some urine from his bladder. Oh. Now, it is ever, ever so teeny tiny but slightly invasive mm-hmm. in that you have to put a needle into his into his tummy and, yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> um, and um, draw it directly from his bladder. But actually, we do this every day. Really? Uh, oh, oh every gosh. day. Is it Absolutely. painful for them? Just like a bit uncomfortable. Like a bit. Um, you can if, if you wish to. Um, yeah. if, uh, if the dog, or we do this uh, quite frequently in cats as well, if they're a little bit nervous or fractious, you can give them a tiny bit of sedation so they're just chill. Mm. Um, and it, it takes a second, they lie in their tummy, we put an ultrasound probe there and just go and collect oh, it so straight away. Kind of yeah, definitely. So I would strongly advise getting yeah. a urinary sample before making any dietary changes. Yeah. The reason being, particularly in his case, well, one, he's on a diet at the moment that is managing his yeah. gastro symptoms. Yeah. And two, there are lots of different types of urinary crystals. Mm. And some do respond to a dietary change, yeah. but that can either be acidifying the urine or alkalizing the urine. Mm. And without actually getting a sample to identify which crystal is the concern, yeah. if there is one, it's a bit of potluck yeah, which diet you choose. Yeah. that's the the thing because his stomach has been so up and down and finally for the last like three months it's been fine grand then i'm like really hesitant to change his food (laughs) yeah no of course um i would yeah get a urine sample send it off it takes two to three days tops Mm. um and they will check for a host of different things so not only crystals but also does he have a little like underlying infection yeah that actually he just needs yeah are there proteins 
it would be uncommon in a young dog. Yeah, um, yeah so he's I, only like 15 months. Grand. Yeah. yeah is I, that I, it? Yeah. Wow, he's quite young. Yeah, he is. So I, I certainly wouldn't expect that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, does he have any other accompanying symptoms? Like, is he drinking more? Is he asking to go to the toilet more? No, is he having accidents? Super, no. Oh, no, he's so good. He okay. never has an accident. So, <laughs> yes, my advice. Before changing diet. Okay, that's so good to know. Get a urine sample. Do a system. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Now you know. <laughs> yeah. Now you know. Um, something you mentioned before, which I wanted to go back to, you said that, um, like, butternut bath is slow-cooked food. Yes. Um, so I've had a lot of people say, like, oh, my friend, she does so well in raw food. Okay. But I've always been like, well, I just, it just seems weird to me. Um, so is raw food good for, what is raw food, first of all? Uh, raw food is what it says in the tin. It's it's uncooked. As so, in, like, a raw chicken breast and stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it just um, seems like I'm, like, it just screaming, like, food-borne illness to me. Is, yeah. So as human uh, nutritionists and dietitians, yeah. um, then yes, I. So the raw, the raw um, debate is very black and white, whereas I'm mm. sort of grey in between. Um, <laughs> That's how we are in the nutrition industry. <laughs> is um, you can have um, amazingly well, um, well developed raw food diets. That is a large proportion of it is meat, um, and also with different types of vegetables or grains put mm-hmm. through, and um, it is uncooked. Um, if we were to eat a raw diet, we humans, um, yes, we would get ill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is a large proportion of dogs and cats that actually they thrive on a raw diet. Um, now, that's not to say that there aren't some animals that are more sensitive and they do develop things like um, E. coli or salmonella mm-hmm. um, concerns. Generally, when it comes to raw, my concern is not for the dog's health because actually I've seen it they do very well yeah and um, but rather for human hygiene so yeah, looking so, at yeah. a, a huge number of studies and uh, one that I've actually done in-house myself um looking at five of the the biggest or most popular raw food diets in the UK um and uh, comparing it against um, some cooked foods we looked at a whole host of uh, microbial um, pathogens so uh, listeria campylobacter e coli uh, salmonella, staphs, but also some um, spores and, and molds and things like that. And raw dog food does contain a lot of these bacteria. Is it just that they have stronger stomach acids? Like no. So um, so what's a, what's a human stomach acid? 2.3? Yeah, like so d- dogs is just about 1.8 to 2. So it's not oh, stronger. Okay. Um, they, they just cope with it. Um, so as again, from the human hygiene point of view... Many people don't handle the raw food yeah. appropriately. They mm. uh, they mix utensils, or perhaps doggy is enjoying an uncooked piece of food and dragging it across the kitchen floor. Yeah. You do just Such need to be point. more careful there. And then equally, when it comes to antibiotic-resistant um, strains, there is evidence that a lot of these raw foods, because they're not handled and processed in the same way the human food chain is, um, there are... Um, particular strains there that as humans we need to be a little bit more mindful of particularly when it comes to antibiotic um, yeah antibiotic problems so to summarize <laughs> I, I see many dogs thrive on raw food um, and certainly if you have Frenchy friends and they're doing well on raw grand then, yeah. then stick mm-hmm. with it but make sure you're just being clean and careful mm. at home as people yeah 
How do you feel about like the dry kibble food for dogs? Um, I think there are lots of different uh, varieties mm. and there are some very, very good quality ones and there are ones that have less quality ingredients. How do you determine what's you a read the label. good one? Yeah, it's the like yeah and when it's like hydrolyzed soy protein and stuff like that so hydrolyzed is a very particular type so it's the way that that protein has been broken down Mm. so as not to cause an immune response or immune reaction in the dog or or cat or animal's body Um, and the only reason an animal should be eating a hydrolyzed diet is if they have a very very um, particular type of condition like for example a terrible diagnose skin condition or um ibd it's the same thing with humans to be honest right yeah Yeah. we need to like for people who have like Crohn's or colitis and they're inpatient if we need to put them on a two feed it's going to be a hydrolyzed version so it's easily absorbed exactly um so not many people like when i say this but at the end of the day we're all animals yeah Um, so actually there is a lot a lot of similarities between how we treat our pet patients and, yeah. and human patients um, now hydrolyzed sometimes people get a little bit mixed up between hydrolyzed and hypoallergenic mm-hmm. um, so hydrolyzed proteins as I said they're broken down yeah. into tiny tiny like a millionth of a size um, and often the protein source is coming from something like chicken feathers um, oh, yeah, I know the girl's face <laughs> Mary's face right now yeah. <laughs> Um, because it is the least reactive type of protein it source. Is, this is going to sound really stupid. Is there protein in a feather? Like, um, yes. Now, is I'm the, sorry, is that stupid? It no, just I don't know. It, um, <laughs> no, it, there is, but it's the quality um, okay. and how well digest, digestible that is. So, I mean, there's protein in your shoe, like your right. shoe leather. Oh, okay. Um, but how... How bioavailable okay. Yeah. It? Yes, there we go. Um, which is why a dog that is on a hydrolyzed diet, well, there is a medical reason why they need to be on that. Mm. A hypoallergenic diet, which is a little bit confusing. Yeah. Actually, there's no real thing. There's no there's no such thing as a hypoallergenic yeah, diet. Yeah, I see like hypoallergenic treats and stuff like that. It is a marketing term. Yeah. It loosely means that it's free from ingredients that are most likely to cause that's so interesting that there's marketing terms and fads that go on in dog ah, treats yeah in the dog world the same way that like the fad of gluten-free has translated into that being or even something. just having like organic on the label yeah, or like no gmo totally <laughs> marketing they make millions it, it's it is marketing yeah. it is a marketing term um and least likely to react so if a dog has a an actual food allergy the most likely ingredient that it's going to react to is either beef chicken soy or a very small proportion are and do have sensitivities or intolerances to grain and i do say allergy and then sensitivity and then intolerance because like with humans yeah. it's not the same exactly yeah. oh god yeah it's so, so not the same when Oscar um, has his like he was itchy and like his eyes were do you remember I remember that was so sad yeah his, yeah they tested so for itchy. mites because okay. like that's kind of like when they're itchy around the eyes that's what they thought mm-hmm. yeah and he would like drag his self across the floor and like it was just so bad and we went through oh, everything it was 
heartbreaking. Yeah, and the weird thing is, is that like they were like, okay, for the easiest thing to do first is a food trial. So we yep. did that, and like we thought it was chicken for mm-hmm. a really long time. Okay. But the thing is, like they can't be on the medicine while we do these food trials, so yeah. like, it was just too heartbreaking. And then the vet was like, no matter what it is, whether it's food, which we ruled out because we did it and there was no evidence, yeah. or whether it's environmental and we can't remove it from his lifestyle, you're going to be on the same medication regardless. So like save the money from the specialist dermatologist for the skin scrapes and just like... He hasn't had skin scrapes? No. Mm. They, they were like, there's no point because if we can't remove it, then he's still going to be on Apoquel. Okay. I would do the scrapes. Really? If he was my dog, I'd be doing scrapes. That was like, it's not worth it. It um, a Scrape takes a few minutes yeah why not um so if he were to go along to a dermatologist that would be the first thing they do to rule it in or rule it out and if it's if it's not there well fine but if it is there that's something that you can treat yeah interesting um, that the vet was like oh don't worry about it like he's still gonna be an apple qual no matter what so looking at oscar i don't think it's mites i've i had a good well, check he was treated for mites already Okay, fine. So they rolled that out, and then we okay. rolled out any food, because we did the anti-allergenic diet. Grant. Um, Nothing. So then they're like, well, it's going to be something that's in his environment that he comes in contact with. So it can be environmental, but then also there's a condition called atopic dermatitis. Yeah. That is very, very common in Frenchies. Yeah, that's what um, I think they like, like so ended up diagnosing them with. Yeah, and they're like, he'll um, be on apical or cytopoint or is that what it's called? Yeah. Or whatever treatment that you want. So mm-hmm. it's And has he responded to that treatment? So perfect. Yeah. As long as he's on it every night. Like yeah. he takes one pill a night and we dip it in Greek yogurt. I don't know if that's <laughs> a good idea. Grant, yeah, <laughs> tiny little bit. Because my thought is get his probiotics in. <laughs> fine. Um, um he's fine. Yeah. And how long has he been on it now? Um, so they wouldn't let him go on it until he was a year old, year. which was another yeah. like issue that we had because he started developing these allergies at like six months. Oh, um, so it was like a bit of a struggle. Okay. Um, but he's been on it. February will be a year. Okay, grand. It um so Apoquel is a really widely used um medicine that's uh, used to manage either allergic dermatitis or atopic dermatitis. Um, and it's always worth trying to get to the very bottom, which you have. Mm. You've tried every little step. Yeah. Um, and it is amazing stuff in that it works. Yeah, it does. It, it really does. I have seen dogs that have 10 out of 10 itching, which means they, I mean, they wake up in the morning and they're chewing their feet and they're scratching yeah. their face. Oh. And it was like raw. And it's so sad. And, and you try all the complementary things to try and improve mm. their skin health. So as you said, like the fish oils and the omegas and you know, not bathing too much. But at the end of the day, in, in a lot of cases, and unfortunately there is many brachies, they they need medicine to help yeah. manage that. And um, the nice thing about Apoquel is that it isn't a steroid. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people will use steroids long term because actually for some it's it's the only thing they can afford. Um, but it weakens your immune system, doesn't it? So long term a steroid is not good for anyone, whether you're a dog or a human. Yeah. Um, but when you see a dog in so much discomfort, you you know that's a quality of life thing. Mm. You want to make sure that they're managed. Apoquel is um, is super for that. Um, 
in that it um, yeah it's not a steroid and it, and it spares them um, that there are alternatives so as you said there's the cytopoint injection yeah we're looking um, into that which is a very very good um, alternative if there was anything about Apoquil that you felt uncomfortable about um, or if he has true atopic dermatitis the alternative is a medicine called atopica um, it's a cyclosporin mm-hmm. um, I would probably go try cytopoint first um, but yeah uh, there, that's the thing. There are always options, yeah. and, and it's always like how far do you go in terms of like looking into it and like what medications you put them on. And well, well, go far. Yeah. Like ask questions yeah. and yeah. Um, you know do some like reading. Yeah, that's speak. the thing. Because a lot of the time the vet will say to me, "Oh, you know, don't really know what it is. Send him away and see if it gets better." And we're like, we haven't got an answer. Yeah, <laughs> but then, but there's always a next step. Yeah. So I will say that to everyone. There's always a next step and whether that's a specialist like a dermatologist yeah. or a internal medicine yeah. um, specialist who you know can do the next steps mm-hmm. when it comes to tummy um, concerns there are always next steps and there's always alternatives yeah yeah, so true. yeah I will just say to anyone who's thinking about getting a dog always be prepared to spend money on them oh it is not cheap <laughs> yeah it um now because you, can't, you can't not pay it when they're say, in pain and, and they need medical your, assistance. They're part of your family. Like 100%. Like their health is at the top of your priority. I will always like, think of Bear as my first child. 100%. Like, I will do anything for Oscar's health. I want to make sure he has the best of the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it is an expense, definitely. And, and I'm actually kind of glad that you brought that up because a lot of people see a doggone mm. gum tree that's 500 pounds and they think okay i'll fork out 500 pounds and that will be the oh, most expensive thing yeah and it's not no but it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> the not the cheapest part is buying the dog yeah <laughs> yeah sadly if they do become unwell it is expensive yeah, yeah. medicine is expensive and dog food's not cheap good yeah. dog food yeah exactly now well, yeah. um when it comes to dog food and people obviously always want to know what is the best dog yeah. food um i say three things so one, it's the best quality ingredients that you can afford, mm-hmm. because you know not everyone yeah, of can course, afford. Yeah, not everyone can afford it. Food, though, not yeah, but there's ways to do it. Like tin food, we, we did yeah. a whole episode on like yeah. how to eat. Actually, I really enjoy that one. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, the best one that you can afford, and because no one should ever feel guilty about not being able to, you know, the best, the best, the, best, the yeah. most organic yeah, or whatever. Um, two one that actually manages and suits their little tummy upsets or yeah. health issues or anything that they need don't feel that no but i must feed them this other food because it's healthier or whatever mm. whatever manages their yeah. concerns and three something that they like eating yeah, yeah. oh yeah bear loves the food he's got now What's he perfect yeah. like some people might want to feed their dog steak every day yeah. um but actually all he wants to eat is the stuff out of the tins yeah so, to be fair Oscar, I don't think he's ever turned down food. Like, I oh yeah, any food goes. What he actually likes, but I know for a fact his like one of his favorite things. His face just lights up. Is Greek yogurt with peanut butter. Oh, grand. That's so funny. Bear loves raw carrots. When he's really? yeah, That's absolutely so loves them. He's Good. Just, like, yeah. just like me, yeah. <laughs> I have to share them with him. Um, so Greek yogurt in small amounts, absolutely yeah. fine. Um, so dogs after they've um, they've been weaned from their moms. And they lose the ability to break down uh, lactose, um, oh, so so not too much. Yeah. Um, and you know, it sounds like it's his daily treat. So actually, he's just adjusted fine yeah, to yeah, it. He loves it. Yeah, because um, I, I have Greek yogurt, peanut butter often, like with breakfast or for an afternoon snack, and I'll, whatever's left in my bowl, I'll just like he'll just clean it, 
Yeah. <laughs> totally fine. And then peanut butter, everyone just needs to make sure that it's uh, not the sugar-free one. Right. No xylitol. No xylitol. Yeah. Um, sadly, particularly in our small breed dogs, our little poodles and the dinky dinky mm. little um, cavapoos, um, that can cause a hypoglycemic drop. So a very, very low blood sugar very Gosh. quickly. Um, and in tiny dogs, that they can become quite sick quite quickly, mm. actually. Um, yeah, so I go for the just the regular full no. fat. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Right. He loves it. He loves cheese. I feel like is that hotly debated? Can we feed dogs cheese? Everything in moderation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some dogs they will have instant poops. Um, no, he's and, fine. Well, there you go. Sometimes I give them this medicine and a bit of cheese or a bit of yogurt, whatever's around. Really. So the only time I would say no to that is if I saw a dog that was battling with their weight, and I would sort of wag my finger and go, "Come on, now, guys." We need to cut down um, because anywhere between 45 and 60% of our dogs in the UK are overweight. Really? That makes me really sad though because when I see like the pugs who can like barely walk because they're so like overweight and it's like it's not their fault. They're not going to stop eating. Yeah. But we have the opposite. We try to put weight on him. He is a lean boy. (laughs) Yeah. A month ago he was... Like he was thinner, wasn't he? Two, like two kilos thinner. He really, really struggled oh. to like put weight on him. Okay. Um, he's just like genetically like mm-hmm. very lean. But he's also young and very active. Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, yeah, use that to your advantage. But yes, you said like the little fat pugs. Yeah. I mean, imagine, you know, the waist that is put on their small joints. Yeah, exactly. But also the waist that is put around and the pressure around yeah, their chest. Yeah, it's all on the top, isn't it? It's not on their legs or anything. Exactly. And they're already struggling yeah, to, to, to breathe. breathe. Yeah. Um, so looking at feeding guidelines mm-hmm. um, and... Um, types of food as well. Types of food yeah. and feeding according to what your dog needs. Because yeah. it's going to be different for every dog, depending if they're young or old, yeah. if they're super active... Um, puppies need a lot more calories than our senior dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and As with humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I told you, we're all animals. We're all the same. Um, and the really nice thing about butternut box is that they have a really clever algorithm, um, maths, um, that when a um, pet parent signs up their dog, they will say, I have a Frenchie, his name's Oscar. He's two years old, he's super active, and, yeah. and um, he has maybe particular foods that he doesn't like or that he reacts to, um, and his um, his body condition, he's just right. Yeah. Uh, whereas some dogs are lazy bones, yeah. and they're a bit on the chubby side. Mm. Or, and using all of that data, we can calculate to the closest 50 calories how many um, how many grams your dog needs to eat per day? Yeah. And as you ladies know, butternut box comes in a daily packet. Yeah. So one packet is one day's worth of food. You cannot cheat. Yeah. There is exactly. No There's no like pouring accidentally. Extra. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the difference that a healthy lean weight makes to a dog's life. Yeah. It's been proven by countless studies. You can you can give your dog. The best medical treatment in the world. You can give your dog the finest food in the world. You can give your dog everything, but if it's a lean weight, it can add two years onto your dog's life. That's amazing. Just keeping them. And with the statistic that you said, that like a a large percentage of UK dogs are overweight. That's that's. That's a lot of dogs losing years of their life. I mean, like we want them to be with us for as long as possible. Absolutely. No, don't. (laughs) Forever. Feed them kindly. Um, so feed them the right amount. Yeah. Good quality food. Feed them kindly. And 
the research has shown us that they will be healthier for longer. It's that simple. Yeah. Are there any foods that you say absolutely can't give your dogs? Like I feel well, like chocolate actually. Yeah, them. chocolate potentially bread, actually things like that. Yeah. Um. So chocolate contains a, a chemical called theobromide. Um. That us humans. We can eat it just fine. Oh, yes. um, <laughs> you cut me open, you will find chocolate. <laughs> it is, um, but but our dogs can't. So it's a, it's almost like a cousin of caffeine. Yeah. Um, and depending on the chocolate type, whether it's white chocolate or milk chocolate or dark chocolate, baking chocolate, cocoa, mm-hmm. there are different levels of theobromide um, in these different types. And if your dog eats some, if it's a teeny tiny dog that has had a very rich brownie that's full of dark chocolate and cocoa powder yes it, it can be so severe that they can die um, but if I drop like a milk chocolate uh, chip and ask her got it I don't need to call it back it's unlikely so there's actually um, a dog chocolate toxicity calculator so you can google it um, and it. yeah yeah oh perfect um, and you can, uh, it very, very um, carefully and accurately works out the um, the suspected level of theobromide that your dog has ingested. And it'll tell you mild, moderate, or severe. And, you know, is this the point where yeah. you need to get down to the Because you hear stories, don't you, when like, the dog gets hold of a box of chocolates or something and it just goes for the whole thing. Christmas. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like every day over Christmas, we're just Didn't like. George yeah, my mum made a batch of brownies, but she mm. put cream on top, and he actually ate more of the cream than okay. the chocolate. Okay. So, and it's Not weird. For his no, but he was actually fine after. He was a little bit quiet. I think he probably had a bit okay. of a tummy ache, but oh, thank God he wasn't like physically ill. Okay, grand. Um, but they they can be a nightmare. Like you have to watch them. Yes. All the time. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. And whether it's so chocolate is one. Um, and if a dog does eat too much chocolate, then we just we make them throw up. Yeah. Um, you need uh, out of their system. Take it out and and we give them medicine um, to help clear that from their system. Um, yeah. Don't take chocolate too lightly, but use a toxicity thing. Yeah. And um, if in every day, just ring your vet. Well, we'll let you know. Yeah. What to do. Um, Onions, so okay. anything in the allium family, so onions, uh, leek, chives. Garlic? Yes. Keep them away from your dog, mm-hmm. um, either cooked or raw. Um, other things include grapes or raisins. So this is it's like... Good, no, I didn't know the grapes. Oh, no, you're kidding. Um, so Not that I've ever given bad grapes. It, um, grapes. it, it can cause um, kidney damage. Um, and there, there is no dose actually there's no like toxicity calculator for grapes so a dog can eat two raisins and actually have complete re- renal failure so yes. ki- kidney kidney failure or a dog can eat a whole bunch of grapes and actually it doesn't affect them mm. we, we don't know the exact how a dog yeah. will react to that so yeah um over christmas time it was so you've got the trifecta you've got chocolate yeah You've got mince pies and raisins and grapes oh, in, yeah. and in, cheese and grapes <laughs> and cheese and grapes in everything. Yeah, um, and then uh, the really fatty foods. So yeah. people uh, giving some yummy gravy mm-hmm. or throwing down loads of like turkey skin. Yeah, because yeah. it's so high in fat. Often that brings along pancreatitis flares. Mm. Yes. Yeah, we were in Wales for Christmas, and Mark's nine. Sorry, nine is uh, Welsh for grandma. Ah. Um, <laughs> Mark's nine. Kept Oscar biscuits, and I was just like, I can't say anything. It's not my grandma. I know. So it's just like, oh, 
sugar, and yeah. I don't know if he's gonna handle that well. Okay. Gosh. But, uh, <laughs> he but was not. Like he did. But yeah, but some other dogs, we see them on Christmas morning. Yes. Um, yeah. Um. So we've done chocolates. We've done all the um, onions and things. We've done mm. um, grapes. Um, stay away from Avo. So our oh. dogs do not need to be hipsters. Uh, no, <laughs> no Avo, please. Um, and then uh, cheeses. So dark, our um, our blue type of moldy cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, it might sound or smell really enticing to our dogs, nice and stinky. And mm. um, don't do it. Yeah. Um, they don't process those molds terribly well. Oh, okay. Um, and no one is going to willingly um, feed their dog moldy bread. Yeah. Um, but if you have a, a compostable bin or something yeah. like that make sure they can't get into it and um, they get really bad seizures um, oh, yeah, oh fr- from that um, stinky bread so um, and it's usually the, the compost bins that they I mean wow. it stinks so they, of course they're going to yeah, put their, exactly. their nose in it um, apart from that what about just bread in general bread, I mean bread is fine everyone yeah. likes to give their dog like a wee bit of toast in the morning that's the thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's okay again Everything in moderation, and as long as it's not contributing to an overweight pooch. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So I interesting. I, I know so, so much. And you have a new puppy. Yes. I'm obsessed. So adorable. Yeah, thank you. Now, um, when you were looking for a puppy, obviously, like, you and Ash knew that you wanted a cat of mm. Um I didn't really have a say. Mark just came home one day and was like, yeah, he did. I want a blue French bulldog. And then three days later, we got Oscar. Um, Barry literally put him on her story, and I was like, whose dog is that? Like, I didn't no, even know you were looking for like, one. Oh, yeah. Okay, wow. I, I told you, and I was like, I'm not going to post because... Um, like with the breeder because like we did it on such an impulse kind of way. yeah the breeder was like all right like in three days if you like if you don't want him like you can bring him back because there's like a waiting list like for families and you know what i mean and we're like okay like let's just like keep it quiet for three days like we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. okay we better like have that route that, there's like, no way you were gonna take no him. way we yeah. took we got him and he just became part of our family and yeah it's like everyone but obviously, like maybe the the lay person who doesn't buy a dog breed like for a specific purpose, like a sheep dog or something, if you're yeah. like a farmer, um, what do you look for in a dog? Like, do you consider health over yeah. everything? I, I I have to admit, I was next level, like crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, so my boyfriend and I grew up with working breeds. So I'm from a farm. So I've always mm. grown up with border collies. Um, but I'm not an idiot. I would not have a border collie in the city of London. Yeah. That would just be unfair to the poor dog. They need to be out and working. And, yeah. and yes. Um, my boyfriend grew up with German shepherds. And again, they just, they require more time and attention. And, yeah. um, but we really wanted a, um, a similar smart sort of dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we chose a miniature um, American shepherd, or they're also known as a miniature Australian shepherd, they're gorgeous. So, so cute. Gorgeous. Oh my goodness. But um I mean we researched every breeder yeah. in the UK and um, we put our name down on a list for this one particular breeder in the summer of twenty eighteen. Um got him last Christmas. Um so we were we were waiting for a year and a yeah, half wow. for this one puppy, which I do appreciate is not what everyone can can yeah. do. Yeah. Um but we wanted to know that um, the parents were healthy, yeah. that they, uh, the dog, the puppies would all be raised in a very well socialized manner, um, and 
we didn't even get a pick as to which puppy we were going to get out of the litter. Um, he, it was decided for us because some of the puppies were going to agility homes mm. or to um, therapy homes and uh, we were actually lucky yeah. um, to, to be given one that was going to the city. So Kuiper is his name, um, it rhymes with hyper, um, <laughs> and uh, he was deemed the most calm and competent and um, well, you saw him earlier. He's not too calm. Um, he definitely has his crazy. <laughs> very constant, though. <laughs> but he, is, he is very confident. Uh, he's a great little boy. Um, and yeah, like as you said, obsessed. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's like a new level. Of it is. Yeah. yeah. So, what advice would you give people who are considering getting their first dog or just a family dog, whether they live in London or whether they live in New York City, or just like in what to do? Yeah. Or yeah. if they live in the suburbs or a farm, like, what do you consider? So the most important thing is to consider which breed will suit your lifestyle. Mm, that's oh. what, that's why I wanted a Cavapoo. Because I, I wanted a friend, basically. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so I'm going to put the questions to you. Okay. So what characteristics did a Cavapoo have and why did that suit your family? So I was looking between a Cavapoo and a Cockapoo because I grew up with a Cockapoo who I uh, loved. He actually died when I was four, but I just, I have very vivid memories of him and oh, he was like my best friend, he? Scruffy. Oh, so yeah, my mum and dad had him for the majority of the relationship. Um, so I was like, okay, it has to be either a Cockapoo or, but then everyone was talking about Cavapoos and I was like, oh, they're kind of similar and they're a little bit smaller, so he might be more manageable. So I was like comparing them. And apparently cockapoos are more emotionally needy, which I don't know is possible if you can get more needy than bearers. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, I need to be able to leave him on his own for a few hours yeah. because you can't be with dogs 24-7. They need to kind of slot into your lifestyle. Even if we want to. Exactly. Yes. Oh my God, I'd take him everywhere if I could. Okay. My mum actually in the end was like, you have to start leaving him on his own. <laughs> Um, so I was like, I need someone who can, you know, he can be on his own. So mm-hmm. apparently Cavapoos weren't as, as attached as Cockapoo. I was like, okay, so for his benefit, if he's going to be on his own, he needs mm-hmm. to be able to handle it. But I had to train him to be on his own because he would cry horrendously when I left. He would go crazy when I came back. Um, he would be, get destructive in the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, um, so what you told me is it was a breed that you were familiar with. Yeah. Um, you considered a size to fit into yes. your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and also the behavioural characteristics yeah. of them. So you really thought about it. Yeah. And and actually neediness and um, sort of dep- social dependence, mm. that's not something that comes natural to most dogs. So yeah. it's not that he was a cavapoo. He just... He just loves me. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I love that he loves me. Which can be a problem. It, I yeah. make it worse. Yeah. I make it worse. Yeah. So um, separation anxiety is... A whole complex and even if um, we're at a restaurant or we're out for coffee and I run to the toilet and I leave him with my mum I can hear him crying yeah which I'm going to give you some some trainer names and some behaviorist names afterwards because he's not happy then so yeah. there is something that he should work on anyway well, I'm petrified of I go away I've got a wedding abroad this year oh. and I I want to like, it's my wedding so I want to be away enjoying it and yeah. the thought of leaving him is it's making me not want to go. Start now. Yeah. So we yes. would ask Aaron Kennels, like, I think we went on holiday maybe, like, a month after we got him, or not a month, but he was young, he was under one years old, and we put him in kennels, and they were like, it's the best thing you can do, because then they get used to it. Mm. Um, but 
it was a Mexican it wasn't like yeah but I'd love some tips because I like you said I know he's unhappy when I'm not there and that gives me anxiety and then I don't want to leave it and then it perpetuates yeah yeah and they are so intuitive to how we're feeling as well exactly and I say this like I'm perfect at it um, we're only leaving Kuiper at home alone for maybe three hours tops, and my boyfriend I'm, literally wants to run back. Oh yeah, I'm the same. The I won't leave there for more oh, than yeah. three and a half hours, yeah. and when it gets to that time where I'm on my way home, I like can't wait to get there. But and then how do you react when you walk yeah, in? Yeah, and then I'm like, Bah-. no, no, <laughs> I, it's I not helping. <laughs> so I used to ignore him because when he was really bad, okay. I would go in and I completely ignore him because he'd be crying and jumping up yeah. at me. Now he kind of like we're both like hi. It's not like a big like. <laughs> it's just how it's, it's not a big yeah. ordeal. So yeah, okay, I'm, like, I'm the opposite. Like we used to leave Oscar for like five hours, and it, he was fine. absolutely fine. Yeah. Like, he, we had a camera so we could like look at him and he literally just stayed in his bed chewed his toys and then when we got home um so we we, we put it his bed was in his crate and then we had like baby gates around it so he didn't he didn't have free reign of the whole house but he had quite mm-hmm. a good area and he's only small mm-hmm. but like we swear even if he had free reign he would still choose to just be in his bed like his just toys chill. were everywhere but like every time you check the camera he was just in his bed um but now we don't leave him as much my partner hates leaving him I'm like he's a dog he can handle it like if they're not meant to be left alone like babies aren't meant to be left alone we don't have to leave them people leave dogs oh obviously you know your dog but yeah. like I'm much more like laissez-faire and I think like that's just like the style I can tell what kind of parent I'll be because I'm like a lot more just yeah see chill. this the way I am with bear scares me about what kind of parent I'll be <laughs> I'm definitely like the chill one in the relationship I, and I think that's very good and it's He's, he's maybe a little bit more confident because of that. Yeah. But, um, again, so you you said that your boyfriend very much wanted a Frenchie. So yeah, why... Yeah, he did look into it. So yeah. um, we lived in a really, really small flat last, uh, last year when we okay. got... And we just like researched like, the best apartment dogs. Um, we do live in a city. Um, we don't have time um, to take them on super long walks. So we needed a dog that was like good for city living, mm-hmm. didn't need a field, and then could do well with like multiple short walks a day. And then we came to the conclusion of a Frenchie, and which is like perfect because it's everything he wanted. And I, mm-hmm. it was like confirmation bias. He was like, yep, now we have to get one. <laughs> um, and I was like, really not. I didn't want to get a dog because I was just like really? my visa wasn't like solidified. I was like, what if I have to look back and interview the dog on your own? Yeah. Which ended up happening. Um, so he thankfully worked like up the road from our class. So on his lunch break, he would come back uh, okay. to take the dog for a walk, and he had quite flexible working hours, so okay. it was fine. Yeah. Um, but that's why we chose a Frenchie. Perfect. So you both demonstrated that you considered lifestyle factors. Yeah. yeah. Whereas a lot of people. Um, will maybe go online um, or perhaps they've seen this really big cute fluffy dog yeah. in the park and they go do you know what I want a golden retriever yeah. and golden retrievers are amazing but not if you live in a small apartment yeah. not if you have many flights of stairs not yeah. if you um, don't like fur uh, not <laughs> if you're not prepared to do a lot of um, exercise with them or I really want a Jack Russell Terrier. Well, do you have a garden? Because that Jack Russell Terrier will want to dig and will want to be doing what yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, we have a Jack Russell in our building. Um, and maybe he's absolutely fine and happy, but it, there are certain breeds of dogs that have characteristics that yeah. mean that 
they want to do certain things yeah. and and if that doesn't fit into that person's lifestyle then what I see as a vet is either one of two things one that per dog is rehomed um, so either they somehow find a, a lovely new home or they're relinquished to shelters um, and that her dog just sits in a kennel breaks my heart waiting yeah, for someone to hopefully take them home um, or this is even sadder they develop behavioural problems yeah. That, yeah. that can either um, manifest in becoming destructive mm. or even do- they become aggressive because like that's what happens with a lot of pitbulls and then they get this like bad reputation that they're like these really aggressive yeah. dogs it's, so there are you know, some of my most aggressive patients are chihuahuas and right. um, I have some Rottweilers that just are big bears and they lick me all over. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very rarely the dog, it's often um, yeah, how, how they've been, like yeah, their environment over. and how they've it's been like raised. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but sadly, a lot of these behavioural issues, often because they um, either won't or can't be rehomed, means that me and a lot of my vet colleagues end up having to put these dogs to sleep. Um, oh so the most um, the most common reason for a dog under the year of two to die um, is is behavioural um, because Gosh. they have these behaviour problems um, Sorry. and they have these behaviour issues um, uh, that are unmanageable and um, the only option to a lot of these people is is put to sleep. That makes me so heartbreaking. So please. Everyone, lifestyle, yeah, exactly. research, don't yeah. just buy a dog yeah. because of how they look. Exactly. Um, think it's about. like, oh, they're really cute, I want one. No. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree with you. I agree. All right, amazing. We have spoken about so much. Um, we're going to end with our peak and pit. Oh, of, what's peak and pit? <laughs> so, like, of the, I guess, the dog wellness industry. Like, what's your favorite thing to come out of it and what's your least favorite? So, I always give the example my favorite thing about nutrition wellness and human wellness is like the rise of gut health they did my dissertation on it which hopefully you'll um, appreciate and then my my pit is like celery juice okay (laughs) um wellness i think the availability um of not just amazing um variety in, in dog diets but also the amount of um, medicine that is available mm. to our um, our dogs and our cats and all of our animals now, and um, that perhaps wasn't around ten Definitely. years ago or, or twenty yeah. years ago. There, as I said to you, there is always another option. Yeah. There, there are alternatives. There is so much that we can do for our patients now. So that's, I mean, that's the most amazing mm. thing. We can fix and cure um, more so more much. dogs than, than we've yeah. ever been able to, which is amazing. Um, but insurance, please, yeah, <laughs> for, for your own sake. Yeah, and um, pitfalls. I would have to say the the rise in the popularity of certain certain particular breeds that um, that isn't good for their their general health that do develop um, behavior issues for it and mm. that do mean that um, many um, sadly needlessly suffer um, or um, pass away earlier than. Give any uh, examples besides Frenchies. Um, so. Um, a lot of um, pugs um, or yeah. English bulldogs that are often uh, very, very expensive mm. because they're all these different colours. Yeah. So again, they're bred for appearance, not for yeah. health. So I have seen English bulldogs that are particular colours go for £5,000. Oh, that's ridiculous. Um, and 
these are almost always the most unhealthy really oh the amount of corrective work just wow. to, to manage it's it's really not nice that's awful um so i would have to say that is um that would be my pit yeah yeah well where can everyone find you on instagram oh um so i'm vet in the city it is vet dot in the dot city um, and it, it, you'll just be flooded with pictures of my puppy right there now. we go <laughs> um, and as always please rate review and subscribe to the podcast um, and follow forking wellness on instagram and yeah and we'll be back next week yep have a great week guys bye thanks ladies Thanks, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We are super happy to be sharing a code with you to get 50% off Butternut Box, and that is butternutbox.com forward slash forking wellness. And we'll pop that in the show notes for you so you can just click it, and then your discount will be automatically applied at checkout. And if you guys want any recommendations from Oscar, he definitely recommends the Chowdown Chicken. We will see you guys next week. Bye.